Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I am your host, Kane Pittman. You can hear me on this show daily as we continue to wind up to the beginning of the NBA season. You can also find my words over at ESPN and NBA Australia. And alongside me is the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As we're going to try something new today, before I get to that, Fridays on the Locked On NBA podcast, Nick Angstead of Locked On Mavericks and Adam Maras of Locked On Nuggets. Power rank the week that was in the NBA. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get your podcasts. So you had an idea of something that we can continue to work through over the next couple of weeks as we build up to the start of training camp and then through to preseason, uh, which again, I mean, I know we talk about training camp, but it's a pretty small training camp or there's only about a week before the preseason game starts. So it's really, really quickly approaching here Uh, but one of the ideas you had was discussing uh, possible things that you are looking forward to this year or storylines that you look looking to watch or whether it's changes with the team with the personnel with lineups whatever it may be that that you're looking forward to that I'm looking forward to as the season rolls up here so uh, do do you want to go first do you have something on the top of your mind that you you are looking forward to or you're curious about uh, seeing how it plays out this season. I mean, you kind of already mentioned just there the the fact about how yeah. they're going to manage players, but uh, I think that you know we we learned a little bit about a change in attitude last year with the Bucks. But what have you got? What do you, what do you want to start with? I you know the thing I'm I'm really curious about. I think if if you asked hardcore Bucks fans what was most frustrating about the Bucks defense <laughs> during the Bud era, I think I you know I, again some people would probably say like oh too much zone drop you know whatever. Um, I would say the the one constant, regardless of whether the Bucks were switching or whether the Bucks were playing that drop defense, I think the penchant for overhelping has been maybe the most um, consistent thing that has that I've found frustrating. Uh, you know, I think last year it was uh, something we we talked about a fair bit. You know, just this idea of hey, uh, a guy's dribbling in on Giannis or a guy's going at Brooke Lopez, or a guy's going at Giannis and Brooke Lopez, and then someone from the weak side, uh, you know, digs down, or someone from the strong side, you know, shades over and, and leaves his man open at the three-point line. And, you know, again, the guy, the guy was under control. You know, you had him under control defensively, and then you, you overhelp and you give an out for, for the offense to get typically a, a very good look at a three-point shot, you know, is typically the way this frustration has manifested itself. And, you know, I, I don't know that we ever had like a, uh, we ever heard like a, a compelling reason for this. I think, um, you know, again, just certain ways that teams are wired. I think, you know, we know the Bucks have obviously always put a premium on taking away the rim, taking away the paint. And, 
overhelping is is certainly a way that that you can emphasize that right by always throwing more bodies to to kind of seal off the paint um, and dare teams to beat you from the outside. But I you know I would argue they they you know over over rotated on that, overhelped on that, and they could have been better if they helped less. And I think one of the interesting things we saw was, you know, defensively throughout the playoffs, um, you know, especially in that Sun Series, I think we all saw obviously late in games, there were a number of those key games late. They finished with Brooke Lopez on the bench and Giannis was at center. Um, and so that, that I think maybe, you know, a thing that people will look at and say like, well, I'm, you know, how much are we going to see Giannis at the five? Is that going to be a more consistent thing that we see? Um, I think that's a separate, probably a separate question to ask because a, I think, yeah, you, you probably want to continue to work on that look. Cause that's a very potent defensive look when, you know, your, your big man is Giannis and he can switch and do all these things. Um, but part of that was also enabled by the fact that you had PJ Tucker who could guard, you know, a point guard or a shooting guard and then switch and, and be a, a combative undersized post defender against the center if needed. Right. Um, and, and they don't have PJ Tucker this year, but I think, I think the stat that always stood out at me, and I, I don't remember the exact ones, but you know, the first two games, especially in that second game, the, the Suns took a ton of corner threes and the Bucks, obviously, especially in game two, they, they really took away kind of the, the mid range. They, they took away some of the stuff they saw in game one, but it was at the cost of giving up lots of open three point looks, especially from the corners. And then from game two on, basically, it just stopped. They just stopped doing that. They stopped bringing that help from the corners. And the Suns got, I, don't, I forget the number, but you know they, they basically stopped getting through corner threes throughout the rest of the series. And to be clear, the Bucs not, have not been a bad team in terms of corner threes uh, throughout the Bud era. They've actually been much better at, at um, uh, containing corner three-point attempts than above the break three-point attempts. But overall, uh, you know the Suns were, were obviously not um, taking and, and certainly not making a lot of three pointers in that final series. Really, no team was able to kind of consistently hurt them from three point range throughout the playoffs. And I think a lot of it owed to the fact that they just were more disciplined and more focused in terms of being able to, you know, play your guy. And and sure, if you've got Brooke or you've got Giannis in there and they're around the basket, of course they're going to help. Um, but you're not bringing, you know, the random wing defender. Drew isn't, you know, always kind of overhelping whatever. Now, sometimes like on the steal that led to the value, hey, helping <laughs> helping can be a very good thing, right? Uh, you got to trust guys' instincts to some extent. But um, but I think that's that's something I'm I'm curious about is this season does some of that, you know, what they were able to do by being a bit more disciplined. Do we see that play itself into the regular season version of this Bucks team. And, um, you know, again, you can't mimic playoff defensive intensity. You can't mimic the physicality of playoff basketball during an 82-game regular season. I think we need to be very clear about that. But um, I think even, even just bringing a little bit of that discipline and, and, and reducing some of that, that unnecessary helping, um, I think could certainly help the Bucks defense get maybe back up closer to where it was during the first two years of the Bud era. And, you know, I, I just would say I'm just generally very curious to see um, kind of what, what the trade-offs that they make are. You know, how much do they go to all switching units? How much do they go to Giannis at the five units? Um, and then really, like, throughout 
um, you know, overall, how much do we see them, um, you know, able to, to kind of maybe reduce, especially the reduce the three point attempts that teams have. So during the regular season, they allowed 39 threes, um, per game. Uh, I think it was uh, around 38, 39% for opponent three point percentage in the playoffs, 34 threes per game at 35%. And again, there's more than, you know, <laughs> there's more than, than, uh, just this overhelping thing is, as as the reason why they improved in those terms. but um, I think that's at least one thing that that hopefully will will carry over a little bit, and um, you know, hopefully that'll give them a better defense to rely on during the regular season. It's built by time, Frank, and of course, we are still, as we have been for quite a while, been talking about freedom of choice when it comes to the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. Did you know that with Built Bar? There are so many delicious flavors that there is something for absolutely everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you are simply missing out and you can find out more at Built.com. My favorite flavor, the coconut. Controversial. I know. Some people aren't into it. I can't understand those people. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. But if you don't like coconut, it's fine because there's brilliant other flavors there to choose from. You'll be able to find them all on the website. They're also healthy for you, and there's no better advertisement of the fact that this is a healthy protein bar than the fact that it is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, uh, which is pretty cool. So go to builds.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com. And uh, look, we were just talking about the U.S. track and field team, and uh, that's a bunch of athletes that sweat which could come in handy if they use sweat block wipes. Sweat block wipes are doctor created and doctor recommended. They work for up to seven days per use. It's a pretty simple formula. All you have to do is uh, use the wipes before you go to sleep at night, wake up in the morning, have a shower, go to work, go to whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, and you will have that dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't help keep you dry, you can get your money back. It is currently the number one ranked in the antiperspirant category on Amazon. So, uh, look, people are buying it. People are impressed. Uh, with sweat block wipes, you can wear what you want to wear. It's your little secret to confidence. And this is really a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's the big presentation or a hot date. Everyone can benefit. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on, or at Amazon or CVS. You did speak about, you know, just the straight up intensity when it comes to to yeah. playing the defense they played in the playoffs. That obviously does matter, and I also think that with those Giannis minutes at the five again, they're going to have to make an adjustment and try and find out what is is that best lineup. And we've already discussed the fact that you know is Semi Ojale legitimately a guy that you can rely on to play the floor to play the four in a in a similar role to what PJ Tucker did? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I was surprised when we had John Corrales on here from Lockdown Celtics, that he was pretty optimistic about what he could bring. I was surprised how positive he was in that regard. So we'll see what Ojale can bring. Um, we saw Pat Connaughton playing a lot of those those lineups as well. So d- does he help? I, I don't know. I'm not sure what that lineup is. It became very, very easy to, to diagnose who, which guys were going to be on the floor. I remember you always used to bring it up when Zach Lowe went through and said, who are the, the three guys that you can put on the floor in a playoff game guaranteed? And it was Drew, Chris, and Giannis. 
And then when they made the trade for PJ Tucker, then he became the fourth guy. And then you just had to figure out, are we playing big with Brook Lopez? Are we going small with Pat Connaughton or whoever it is? And the, and the solution came pretty quickly. Right now, when you look at it, how would you have that lineup set up? Again, you know you're going to have Giannis, Chris, and Drew there. Dante, you hope, is healthy. That gives you a, another option there. He probably would have been the guy that played, which is the ironic thing about the role that PJ Tucker played and the fact that he started in that series against Brooklyn. But is it in your mind? Because for me, I look at it and say, well, I don't know. There's so many guys that are, that are unknown quantities at the moment, what they can bring to the team. Uh, do, you, do you lean any particular way? Or again, do you just need to wait and see how these guys pan out? I mean, I think Connaughton's the obvious guy that I think yeah. in the playoffs, you know, proved that that he wasn't afraid of the moment i mean still still funny that that he put up a goose egg in game six uh, that they, <laughs> they clinched because you know shooting wise that was probably his worst game um but he hit so many big shots throughout the playoffs and yeah yeah he had a great shooting regular season i mean you know everybody came into the regular season like ready to like kill him for that contract <laughs> and kill the bucks for the contract they gave him and he was just too good you know i mean you know anybody who tried to complain about jordan war not playing or uh, tory craig not playing or pick whoever your like random wing player is that didn't play that much blame pat Connaughton being too good you know he was he was really good um and he plays his role and he knows how to play with these guys and um you know again the you know i mean yes he's obviously athletic he can dunk great um but i think i think it's just he, he's got a few skills that he is good at right he's a good cutter which, which sometimes leads to dunks but but he's a good cutter uh he's a very good um well not very good I, very good might be stretching a little bit but he's he, he's not afraid and he's able to shoot above the break threes and he's able to get, really get shots off very quickly from you know a few steps beyond the three-point arc right like he's not a guy who needs to be sitting in the short corner and be wide open to hit a three. Um, and so the fact that he pretty much just takes layups and three-pointers, uh, and he can shoot them from above the break or the corners, he's a good rebound. He's a really good rebounder for a guard. And I think, I think defensively he held up and switches better uh, throughout the playoffs than I think you know, we maybe saw from him um, in the previous two regular seasons. So I think he's the default, you know, sort of until, until proven otherwise. Um, but you know, it depend, depends a little bit on, on obviously other teams' personnel. But I think at this point, um, you know, he's he's an obvious guy. Uh, but I think the interesting thing with this this version of the Bucks is, you know, you throw George Hill into the mix, mm. and George is obviously not. I mean, he's not like a PJ Tucker sized guy, right? But he's he's got good size for a guard. He can guard both guard positions. Um, you know, we'll see given his age. Is he as good now as he was a couple of years ago? That's a question, right? That, you know, is he going to see some drop off there? But he's always been a, a versatile defensive guard. And the, the ability to put both, you know, George and Drew on the floor at the same time gives you, I think, another, another look, uh, especially with, you know, the questions around when Dante is going to come back. So I, I like having that. I mean, George Hill, you know, the irony here is, you know, we're, um, you know, the previous year, right, the 1920 season, if you talk about if at the end of that season, if you said, who do you want on the floor at the end of a game? It wasn't Eric Bledsoe at the, 
that point, right? And George Hill may, may not have had like a gangbusters playoffs, but uh, but I think George Hill was, you know, the point guard you wanted on the floor uh, at, to close games, right? And that was, you know, literally um, that was that that season ended a little over a year ago. I mean, it, this isn't like you know two calendar years ago. This is basically a year ago. Um, that he was finishing a season where he shot the lights out from three and he was such a steadying presence on both ends. So I, I think I think the good news is you've got some different pieces that you can use, whether it's throwing George out there with Drew, whether it's throwing Pat in there as a slightly bigger wing uh, than George. Um, and then, you know, you know, Rodney Hood, we'll see what, what Rodney Hood can bring. I, he's probably the guy I, I'm most skeptical of i'm not going to close the door on him but i do think he's sort of a flyer um i mean six eight but not known defensively really to to be a a great defender ever um but if his offense can come back then he becomes i think an interesting piece given he's you know a little bit more dynamic offensively and as a wing than than maybe some of the other wings they have um and then you know i think semi is just I'm, i'm just really curious to see how they use him during the regular season and how much, you know, how much they really try to see if Shemi can be the, you know, PJ kind of substitute. Um, and, you know, the irony is, of course, PJ didn't even play that much during the regular season last year. He didn't start or anything like that. Um, so I, I am really curious to see to what, you know, how and to what extent they try to make um, Ojale lineups work. And, you know, are, do we see at some point a small ball closing lineup with Ojale in there alongside, you know, Giannis, Chris, Drew, and pick your other guy, right? Um, I think that's that's an interesting question. And certainly he doesn't have to shoot the lights out to replicate what PJ <laughs> to replicate what PJ did, because PJ didn't shoot well at all last year and obviously is extremely limited offensively as well. So um so yeah, I think there's just a number of different guys and you know, you could say, hey, it's it's great because you have a, a bunch of different looks you can give. But I mean, let's be honest. At the end of the day, you want to have five dudes that you feel confident no matter who the opponent is. We can play our style of basketball offensively and defensively with. And sure, there's maybe a little bit of matchups and things like that you do. Um, but, you know, you don't want to have to change your fifth closer every series depending on the opponent. So I'm not going to sit here and act like it's, you know, some some big benefit they have. Um, and, and but I, I didn't even mention Grayson Allen because I sort of was thinking of Grayson and Dante as sort of the default starters who, you know, we'll, we'll see if, um, you know, I, I think, I think we've talked about, this. I think very good chance Grayson starts the year too. And then we'll see if the, when Dante comes back, kind of how, how that all shakes out. But um, they have a lot of options. And I think the question is just who kind of stands out and you just hope that, you know, it's like, it's like the old quarterback thing. Like if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Um, I don't think the same thing applies to, you know, like wing players in the NBA or, you know, fifth starters at crunch time. But, um, but it would be nice if, if, you know, a couple of those guys really established themselves as, Hey, we, we, these guys have to play every night and we're happy to close with them. And, you know, uh, again, that's another one of those things I'm, I'm looking forward to watching night in and night out. Glad you mentioned George Hill. He is really the X factor for me, depending on how much juice he has left and whether he can be a guy that you can play late in playoff games, just with the size and the versatility 
uh, that he brings and as you pointed to allowing you to play Drew Holiday in different roles and it did, did make me at least think about the Eastern Conference Finals against Toronto back a couple of years ago when really uh, in all the important moments the Bucks were playing George Hill and Malcolm Brogdon next to each other and remembering Brogdon was just coming back from an injury as well but George Hill had some really big games in that game three that they they the heartbreaker they lost in double overtime he had 24 points and had several games where he was scoring you know, 15 plus points across that playoff run. So he was really good. He was one of the more reliable players in the postseason. So if he can get back to you know, somewhere around that level where he's a really reliable backup, it's going to be a huge addition for this team for sure. And just one other note, and you pointed to this, I mean, when you're looking at the numbers, particularly when it comes to postseason, it's difficult because you're only playing a select number of teams and the, the sample is pretty small. But when you w- looked at those attempts going down from, around 39, I think it was 38.6 in the regular season, down to around 34 in the postseason. The teams that they played on just three-point attempts per game, Brooklyn only 35.6 in the postseason, and then uh, the the Hawks and also the Suns were down in the bottom couple teams as well. So they didn't really play any of the teams that were shooting a high volume of three. So yeah, how much? because that's suffocating defense, Ken. Well, that's that's the question. That's <laughs> the question. Is it the defense? Is it the teams? Who knows? I mean, you look at the Jazz. They're getting up 44 threes a game, and they've been a team that has absolutely murdered the Bucks when they've played them in times gone by. So that would have been uh, an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, before we wrap it up, I've got to ask you one more question, but I want to talk about the Locked On Bets podcast first. Betting doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I know part of the reason I asked you at the start, I said we haven't podcasted for a little bit here. It is the off season, but I, I also know that another reason why we haven't been podcasting is because you've been in the film room tirelessly working on Justin, oh, yeah. Justin Robertson film. Uh, what, can, <laughs> what, can, what can you tell us? Yes, my, my YouTube film room. <laughs> By the way, I, I, always, I always love it when people like uh, unironically use the term film uh, for <laughs> watching like YouTube clips. Yeah. Um, I will give you with full transparency that I do not watch film. I just watch random YouTube clips mm, when it comes okay. to like college players or G League players. Yes. Um, yeah, so, so I thought about this because you guys, you guys brought it up the other night when the 2A was was announced, which I found interesting and you guys touched on it because it, you know, it basically indicated that for whatever reason, you know, Elijah Bryant, we've obviously talked about, he's kind of the most obvious guy to be on the chopping block. Um, either he wouldn't want a two-way or they don't want to even give him a two-way. I, I don't know, right? I'm, I'm kind of curious what happens with him. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting. You mentioned Tremont Waters as well. It's like some of these, like the guys that we don't expect to survive camp for the regular roster, um, you know, it kind of indicated that, oh, they're not even competing for a two-way spot now. Uh, so that was interesting. And yeah, watching Justin Robinson, so he's a lefty. Um, I mean, he's not like Tremont Waters small, but he's not, doesn't, I would not say he has good size. I think he's what, like six one something like that. Um, and interestingly, uh, kind of more of like a point, like a, you know, I hate, I, I feel like we don't even, shouldn't even use the phrase true point guard anymore, but kind of more like a pick and roll uh, playmaking type point guard. He's not like a high volume shooter or scorer, although he, he did get up a pretty good volume of threes last year, uh, last couple of years in the G league and, and has gotten pretty good at them. Not like a dynamic shooter, but um, a pretty competent 
uh, three-point shooter and, you know, kind of off the catch quick shooter, not like a super explosive guy, um, but can, you know, get to the rim at times. Um, but probably more of a facilitating uh, kind of all around guard than, than anything. And uh, you know, again, is he going to see any real minutes for the Milwaukee Bucks next year? I would be very surprised if he does see any meaningful minutes. Um, I, I think it's always interesting with these two way spots, you know, how, how much of some of these decisions are, you know, because we actually think the guy might play in the regular season for an NBA team, you know, like obviously Mamu being a, a second round pick, obviously uh, they have hopes that he can at some point maybe develop into an NBA player. Um, but with Justin Robinson, you know, I imagine uh, some of that is the fact that the herd have to fill out a roster and, you know, having a very good, uh, competent, proven G League guard um, with some upside to maybe, you know, maybe find some some role at some point as a, a backup guard in the NBA. You know, that's that's a a useful type of player to have uh, as a two way, even if uh, again, it, maybe it's going to be more helpful for the herd than it is for the Bucks. So, uh, so yeah, I, I imagine he'll probably be uh, you know get lots of opportunities and be probably the focal point of the herd. Uh, the herd offense. Um, and, um, you know, I, I'm sure we'll all be watching him with bated breath uh, at the Bucks open practice <laughs> and, uh, and in garbage time of, uh, of some of these preseason games, but uh, that, yeah, I don't, I don't know that we'll, we'll get to see him much beyond that. And as you guys pointed out uh, just because you start the season as a two way guy certainly does not indicate that you're going to finish the season on that team's roster uh, you know, we, we've obviously seen the Bucks go through a lot of churn in terms of uh, who they have in their two-way slots, uh, and uh, that in, that included last year as well. So, uh, so I don't know. Um, I'm, uh, this is probably the extent of the Justin Robinson discussion on this podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, there you go. Justin Robinson got his got his moment in the sun here in the final you know five minutes of a mid-September podcast for us. It's rockauto.com time, Frank, uh, long-time sponsors of the podcast. Uh, we know you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Uh, we know these, these other places, I, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know if the price is, is overpriced and I'm paying too much. But here's an example. The Honda Odyssey fuel pump is 353 bucks from a chain store you can get it for 216 at Rock Auto. So by my count, that's a saving of $137, uh, which is pretty damn good. Rock Auto, it's a family business. Been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they have everything. It's not just the fuel pump I was talking about, but they've got brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So you can go and explore the easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Just go to rockauto.com. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box, today that we sent you? It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And of course, don't forget about betonline.ag. Football is back. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. 
Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. And there's football, as we mentioned, but there's also basketball, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games. It's all there. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. By the way, I was gonna. Um, we haven't done so well, but uh, if uh, if you've made it this far uh, and you haven't uh, you haven't previously rated reviewed the podcast on mm. on apple i don't know that you can even do it on like spotify i don't know if spotify even has podcast ratings um but uh we we appreciate that um i kind of thought of it because are we, we i forget how high we got in the in the uh, podcast rankings um when right in the kind of you know right around the during the finals in the aftermath because uh, we kind of bounced up pretty high in some of the the podcast rankings um so shout out to everybody who's been listening I'm sure many of those people are not listening right now because it's late mid September. Uh, but if you've made it this far, you're a loyal listener, uh, and we do appreciate the the five star reviews um, and uh, and the comments. And obviously, feel free to ping us uh, any any thoughts via Twitter, uh, via email at lockdownbucks at gmail dot com. So uh, yeah, that's that's our that's our our uh, our modest ask. Of, of you are faithful listeners. Um, but uh, I, let me see what it, I'm, I'm trying to think if I saw any good TV shows or, or movies lately. I did see Shang-Chi uh, in the theater last weekend. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It was very entertaining. The new Marvel movie. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, and um, I think that that's it. That That's all I have. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm, I don't know if I have a, I have a I have a, a really um, niche TV show. I mean, well, I've been watching Ted Lasso, uh, which has been going on. Have you, have you have you gotten into Ted Lasso yet? I think we've talked about Ted Lasso, but I think last we talked, you hadn't watched it yet. Still have not. Um, I'm I'm working through Brooklyn Nine Nine at the moment. Uh, oh is, yeah, which I enjoy as well. Yeah, which is fantastic. So that's keeping me uh, keeping me occupied. Br- Brooklyn Nine Nine is a great just like eating eating uh, show. Like you can just put it on while you're doing other stuff and you know, you don't need to pay super close attention to uh, plot lines or something like that. It's just funny, good characters. Um, that, definitely a fan. I'm glad that that's been one of those shows that's just sort of stuck around forever because I really don't watch a lot of 30-minute sort of sitcoms anymore. Um, so that that's one that I I will still uh, queue up on on Hulu and just kind of go through a few episodes while I'm doing, doing other stuff. Um, but uh, I, I was gonna say the the very niche show that I've been watching is a uh, a show called Deutschland Deutschland uh, eighty three, which is about a uh, it's basically the German version of the Americans, I guess. Um, it is a uh, set as you might imagine by the number uh, by the date nineteen eighty three. It's about a uh, East German soldier who is recruited to be a spy in West Germany. Um, it, for East German, the East German, you know, secret police, he goes to West Germany as a spy. Uh, I've watched a few episodes. It's pretty interesting, but um, I'm not sure. It's in German, so beware. Um, if you're not into subtitled shows, <laughs> it's probably one worth skipping. But uh, I, I was just doing it in part because I I try to keep my, my German um, somewhat, uh, I, I'm trying to, it's been, it's gotten a little rusty. So I'm trying to watch, consume more. German language things. So that's my, my weird reason for watching it. Um, and I'm not going to ask you what, what your favorite German, German language TV shows are, Kane, because I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing it's a pretty thin, pretty thin list. 
Yep, that's that's not. Uh, <laughs> oh, what the hell? Have yeah, you ever? This... Have you ever? Seen, can, have you ever? Like watched or gone out of your way to watch a German language movie? Like, have you seen like Run Lola Run or Goodbye Lenin or any of those no. movies? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no offense to the German listeners, but no, I, I can't lie. No, I haven't. I haven't gone out of my way to watch it. No. Uh, okay, I'll accept it. Yeah, maybe one day. It's the off season. I've still got time. I still got a few weeks to <laughs> to watch some stuff. Australian football's finished, so it's uh, it's all good. I, I got some time to do that, so I'll do that. The only other thing I wanted to add to the end of this show, I've spent the morning here today playing around with the YouTube situation we've got going on. I've teased this, but it, it's official that Locked On Bucks is going to be on YouTube. It is. Uh, I've got the channel. Channel's live. I, I, it's either going to be next week or the following week. Um, we are going to launch on YouTube. So if you listen on your podcast and you listen while you're driving, it's fine. You can continue to do that. If you do go down the path where you prefer to watch and look at us for whatever sick reason you've got, then you can do that on YouTube once we've launched there as well. So it's coming. I'm dragging Frank on camera. I wasn't sure if it was something he wanted to do, but he's assured me he will be fully clothed and his hair will be washed. I mean, why are, you, why are you making it sound like you have to be a degenerate to want to watch us? Uh, <laughs> I didn't sell I mean, it very well. But I mean, uh, yeah, you know, like who, who doesn't want to see a, a handsome Australian guy uh, on camera? I mean, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm just going to warn people. The, my home internet is just, <laughs> it, it's a whole thing. I'm not going to say who who is my home service provider, <laughs> but I only have 50, uh, 50 MBPS that I can get in my home. Uh, they have, there's gigabit in Austin, but for some reason my neighborhood doesn't have it yet. So uh, it's, it's, it's been a problem at times. And I, I, loyal listeners, I think will know that it's been a problem at times because of the audio quality on this at times. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how video, we'll see if my little, uh, my little engine that could internet service can, can handle streaming video. Um, and, uh, you'll get to see my, my sweet new bucks, uh, yeah. insulated tumbler thing, uh, on, on YouTube. So that's, that's, that's a, that's a tease right there. I'm sure lots of people are going to want to tune in the live broadcast for that. I'll try to, I guess I, I, I mean, I have a, we usually record these at night when my daughter is in bed, but, um, I don't know. I'll have to see. I, I do have a, you know, an old, an old pug and a, a new golden retriever puppy that I guess I could drag on and 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 use to try to uh entice people to watch as well people i mean everybody loves puppies right so maybe maybe that's what i'll i'll use to try to make the youtube video medium at least somewhat interesting uh, it's going to be fantastic you can hear this audio i keep pumping through like a terrible host is because i'm on the youtube page right now just flicking through and having a look at a few different things so there you go so anyway over the weekend you can find it you can subscribe and get uh, at least at least do that for us. You can at least get on and subscribe either way, uh, and and that'll. Be I assume cool. it's locked. Up. Is it? Is it? Is the channel set up yet? Locked on bucks. It's going to be there? set up by the time probably by Perfect. the time people listen to this, um, it'll be up there. Just locked on bucks. So you'll see all the other locked on shows there as well. We've been we've been a little bit slow. We're, but you know we had other things to worry about through June and July when uh, some of these channels were getting up and running. So uh, we'll get it done before the season starts, and we'll be good to go. Uh, Frank. But let me wait. Well, I have one more question. Have you yeah. also been sort of uh, thrown off by um, p- people referring to the Larry O'Brien trophy as the LOB trophy? Every time I see that, I think they're, I, I like when I see LOB, I always think of Locked on Bucks, which of course I'm 
you know, there's probably two people in the world that are so self-centered <laughs> to think that LOB means locked on bucks. Um, but I, I just keep seeing Larry O'Brien and, uh, and think and see LOB and I'm like, Oh, wait, what? Well, uh, no, that's, well, that's not, that doesn't have anything to do with us. Uh, but we are a championship winning podcast now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, both equally important, but neither yeah. could, neither could survive without the other. That's the way I look at it. So, <laughs> Anyway, uh, I, I don't know what this last 10 minutes has been, but it's, it's the weekend. We're getting ready. We're getting ready to roll into the weekend here. So uh, we thank you for listening. Like Frank said, we will be back next week. I've got some stuff planned for the show next week, which should be fun. And like I said, keep an eye out for YouTube. But until then, for Frank and myself, you guys enjoy the weekend. <laughs>